Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And welcome to Neon Twilight on Nightlight Radio with Solaris Blue Raven. We're so glad you could join us tonight. Solaris, as always, has a fascinating topic to delve into with amazing inspirational insights into that topic. So welcome to the show, Solaris. Well, thank you, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be here again. Nice to hear your voice. Oh yeah, well me and my me and the me me and the allergies. Yeah, I I am hoping for a really good freeze that kills everything off. Well, you know, um, pollen pollen wise. Anyhow, um, you're still getting pollen over there. Wow. I I I am I am allergic to everything. So I, mm. I think when the allergist when I did the testing, she said, "Poor you. There's not a season where you're not allergic to something." So. Wow. Yeah, that's Pisces. So, yep. yeah. So once I discovered that, I moved to Nashville, which has more pollen than Connecticut had. <laughs> so, mm. I, I I speak with a huskier voice than is normally my speaking voice. So, yeah, I guess don't if find I me, but I always have that. <laughs> Go ahead. The, the husky rat. You know, I I re, every time I listen to me, I I'm reminded of. Um, Lucille Ball, and if you, lo- oh. you know, listen to the the first I Love Lucy, she had a clear, high voice, and then if you listen to her later on in her career, I guess it was the smoking that did her in as far as the yeah. vocal cords. So, and she had the husky voice and everything. So, but I've never smoked anything like in my life. No, oh, okay. No, it's neither have I. But I get that kind of rust. I get that kind of voice too. I get froggy voice late night. So, you're not alone. I call well, it a froggy I, my, voice my, because I have to clear my yeah, it, it, 
Well, yeah, it is. And and it's just kind of like every now and then it's it's so croaky. It's kind of like should I cancel the show or reschedule it? And then there's but there's no knowing when the voice is going to come back or be good or you know, if I did that, I would probably have a backup of 10 or 20 shows and I don't want to do that. So No, you sound fine. You know, honey is good for that. I've been taking honey. Uh-huh. Your throat. Yeah. Especially if it's local cord. honey. Mm-hmm, correct. Yeah. I have some if local you take, here. I really like it. Well, if you take the local honey, it's made from the pollen of the local plants, and you'll build up an immunity to the pollen from those plants. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Theoret- That's great. Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, well, it's also good for your throat. One way or another. My mother used well, to my, sing my in throat. a band, you know, when they were younger. They used to take the honey yeah. before they sang. They used to, yeah. And she said it used to help her throat. Well, you know, I, I know it's kind of a remedy for anything with sore throats or even just being hoarse. So I like it. Oh, yeah. It works good. It really does. And mm-hmm. um, I never thought of that. Maybe next time before a show, I'll go down and slug some honey and see if that'll yeah. take some of the huskiness out of Teaspoon me. Teaspoon of honey or some tea with some honey in there? Yeah. That's always good. You don't like tea and yeah, honey? I'm not, a, I'm not a tea person. Yeah. <laughs> I can have tea when I once in a while, not all the time, but I'm a coffee most of the time, coffee being, but I do like tea as well. Lavender tea is really good. I just bought some. It's excellent. Ah. Well, I do love the um, the uh, throat coat that tastes like licorice. That is a, that, mm. That's a terrific tea. I love that. I, I like licorice. So. Um, mm-hmm. Licorice is great. And, like and it it's too. weird because I love coffee ice cream, but I don't like hot coffee. Mm-hmm. Wow. Go, that is go figure. But so, you'll drink so you coffee pick, cold? No. <laughs> I'll, well, wait, I'll, I'll drink a Frappuccino that has well, those lots are good. of... Um, yeah, but I'm also lactose intolerant, so, you know... Also, no, it's not good. <laughs> I'll pay for it in the long run, so to speak, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's good going down. So you great. picked a great topic for tonight. I'm excited about this one. Well, thank you. Me too. It seems to be popular as well as far as people's concerns and, and experiences in general. It seems like there has been um, a lot of people are interested in past lifetimes, plus the near-death uh-huh. experiences is a very popular one as well. So, yeah, it'd be fun for us to dial into that and see where we go. Absolutely. I think... I think um, there's so much new material out there about near-death experiences. It's really kind of fascinating. Doctors mm-hmm. were saying at first that, well, it was just the brain being deprived of oxygen, and therefore they were hallucinations. And then then a couple of surgeons had a near-death experience and um, turned all of the research and everything upside down and said, oh, no, it's not that. It's There's something else there. So... Mm-hmm. It's it's got good street creds these days. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and the question is where when they have their near death experiences, where do you think they're really going? It, it's beyond the astral plane, if you ask me. But it makes me wonder if it was the origin that that um, void before they showed up here in this world, or on this world, you know, the journey. So I don't know what your your question. perception is of that. Yeah, I think about I that. Actually- I hadn't actually thought about it, but it is a it's it's a good question because um they for the most part they seem to be following a light. 
Mm-hmm. But but um, they never quite get to it, most of them. And um, I'm, I'm wondering, I, my feeling was interdimensional. Mm-hmm. So a long time ago, a long time ago, I read a whole series of books about um, flying dragons. And, and mm-hmm. the dragons, you know, had a rider, and the dragons were capable of going, going from one location to another location in a heartbeat. And, and in order to get there, they went through the nothingness to come in the other side Mm -hmm. of the world type stuff. And I'm wondering if the void that people go through or or are a part of is sort of like a black hole between this reality and another dimension or another reality, kind of the nothingness Mm -hmm. that the dragons flew through. That makes sense. Or even like a portal, a very large portal, which would be like a void. Yeah. But, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. And, Very you interesting. Know, you know, you're so mentioning. Much. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, when you're mentioning. <laughs> you and I do this all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I'll shut up. Go ahead. After you. After you. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So when they're, we're talking about the darkness that surrounds them and the tunnel, the tunnel could easily be a portal or a black hole, or an entrance to another dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Now, you were mentioning earlier, though, about them traversing, you know, when they leave their body, they, they, they go towards the light, but they don't really make it to that destination. Something pulls them back. I'm wondering if it's their frequency that's just not at the fine-tuned level it needs to be to be fully detached from the body. Could be that. Could be that. Well, who yeah. is it? It's it's um. I forget what denomination it is. If it's I I don't know. There is one denomination that the body isn't buried for three days because because theoretically it took that long for the spirit to leave the body. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case to, to totally withdraw from the body. Um, I don't. I don't think that's that's a, a common belief among you know because the Jewish people bury immediately. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I think I the spirit. Does, well, that that could be too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think the spirit? the spirit is. Yeah, I don't think the spirit is lost. I think the spirit knows exactly what's going on. I agree with you. I, I think when they're out of body, it's kind of like an out of body experience. But you're hovering, in my opinion, probably observing your whole entire, you know, burial to some degree. I think that's an option. What concerns me the most, and this is a very strange thought, but is the idea behind people not being able to get out of the body, being trapped inside the body as it's being buried or being um, cremated, and having to witness and experience that traumatic event. And I know that's terrible to say on here, but I do wonder um, if that is something that's a possibility that people just don't make it out of body completely. And somehow some aspect of them gets trapped in the matrix. Um, so that I look at, and maybe that's why they're looking at the three days, right? So three days is kind of a uh-huh. trinity. It's kind of an interesting um, number. And then that takes time to process and, and release. And, and maybe they're doing ceremony. It almost reminds me of the Tibetans or something where you're doing ceremony and prayer work uh, 
to help release and, and transmute the soul alchemically. And then um, maybe it's three days is a processing time. Who knows? But I, I want to make sure people are actually gone before we bury them anyway. I mean, that would be the thing. You know, we've heard about people being prematurely sent to the morgue and they're actually not dead. So, you know, oh, um, yeah, in that... the old days when they used to put the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. They, you remember when they used to put the mirrors on, make them like make sure they're not breathing on the mirror. See if they're alive. There was with the dead there people. was a period of time in the 40s, 30s, 40s, where literally people would bury um, a microphone in the coffin just in case the person woke up and they could, you know, yell for help, and it would broadcast from, you know, from the coffin to the to the outside world. I, I know a lot well, of people that. that. Yeah, they, there was cool. a. I did not know that. That's trivia for me. Couple that had, couple that had telephones too, you know, just really? in case to make sure I'm really gone. You know, wouldn't that be interesting? You know, that reminds me of the Twilight Zone or something. But but you know, we think about. It, I remember they used to use the bells, um, so that the bell would be there to make sure someone could ring the bell on the coffin. I don't know if it was where it was located yeah. in the coffin or not, but yeah. That I can understand. The telephone thing I never heard of, and that's that's very interesting. And even the microphone is even a better idea. Because I think they would make a lot of errors back in the day. People go into some kind of catatonic state or coma or who knows what. And then uh-huh. there's another aspect of if the heart stops beating, does that really make them dead? I don't know. Well, there there are monks that can slow their breathing and their heart rate down tremendously. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And there are that's, drugs that's what you know, there are drugs that can put you into that state. Of course, they, you have to have something to bring you out of the state. But um, right. So, so there. Um, yeah, that's 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 really an interesting, you know, horrifying thought. But um, well, but it's it's concerning to me because I when my dog transferred, and I know this, I was going to dial into him, but it's recent, you know, since February. But the idea behind ethanization, right? Um, they stop uh-huh. the heart. They give them the, the Michael Jackson drug, and then they, they stop the heart, and then supposedly they transfer out. I just have a hard time with that. I I don't know what it is. I, I really do. And um, and I kind of wonder, the consciousness, how long does it really take of an evolved being, whether it's a dog or a, a person, to transfer in, out of body under those circumstances? And there's the aspect of, you know, you're taking them off the timeline ahead of time and the illusion of maybe it wasn't their time. Um, and that, that's called for doctors or vets or whatever. That's another aspect of uh, premature death, right? You shouldn't have taken them, and they should have lived. And I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I look at that on a bigger scale. I, I really do. Well, you know, you talk about people who who go for her up for the euthanasia, um, where you know they're dying of cancer and they just want to be let go and helped over. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to languish, and you know, um, and any number of people have done that. But usually, they were already. You know, if I go into a coma and there's and I'm brain dead, please pull the plug type stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. but but you're right. I think we come in with a program that we're supposed to finish, so to speak. And when the program is done, then then it's time for us to go. And and what if we are, you know, taken out artificially before our natural time is mm-hmm. and was there something in that interim that we were that would have we would have achieved had we lingered longer right 
No, I totally agree. You know, That's what I've always questioned. Yeah, I just, I mean, I understand people saying, you know, I mean, my mother was on um, a respirator, but she was brain dead. And I mm-hmm. had to sign the papers to have them take her off that. But, mm-hmm. um, That's rough. so, you know, it's, it's a really good question as to, you know, is there a purpose in the body staying, even if it's, if it's, not functional, um, is there right. something that person in that state would affect other people in a certain way? And if you take that situation away from them, does that, does that mean that the lesson that they would have derived from it is something that will have to be repeated in another lifetime or another, point, another place within this lifetime? Mm-hmm. That, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Right at the hold of a mente. You know, he's in a stasis, and that's how it is. I mean, maybe it's a more comfortable stasis. But nonetheless, he's projecting himself into, into various fields and dimensions, right? Um, at least uh-huh. that's the way it appears in the in Emerald Tablets. And then you look and you see it's a kind of a similar situation. You're dealing with people who don't appear to be living, but some aspect of their consciousness is going. It's there. It's, it's aware. It's coherent. And to what degree, no one really knows. They don't measure it. They don't know if that being is monitoring dialogue. It's astral projecting in everybody's rooms and talking to them, and they don't even hear them. All kinds of things. I just think it's very interesting, and they should really take a deeper look on, on the transition aspects on this world, in my opinion. And that goes for animals, too. Like I said, I have a very rough time with my, uh-huh. my, my dog. Uh, still not over that. Not over that at all. And, and a lot of it is because I didn't think he was supposed to go that time. I don't think he was supposed to have left, and I was struggling with that. And, and then the idea behind that kind of uh, transfer, even though I was holding the space for him. And then we were wondering, you know, um, is, he, is he transferring out? Is his consciousness there? And I had a real strong feeling that he was disoriented, like, why did you leave me? Why did you leave me there? Like, why aren't you here? Um, and I, I hope that's not the case, but I really, maybe it was just guilt or something because, um, you know, they, they, after they, they transfer, they, and I held the space, they don't let you stay. Uh, probably, I don't know if you know that, no, you probably I, do. But. I, I think that was your guilt because maybe I've, I've seen animals hit by cars and I've seen their spirit get up and go on grazing. Oh, I'm so, so glad to hear that. So, no, no, I think. I mean, I'm not here. Yeah. No, I, I got think. Hurt, but they trans- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, see, the, the, I think that with animals, um, their consciousnesses, are, you know, they have a consciousness, absolutely, but it isn't as, as refined as ours are. You know, they can't laugh. They can't, you know, they're, they, it's, it's not. I don't want to say quality, but it's it's not the same model as ours. So that mm-hmm. so that when they go, they go. And mm-hmm. I think they 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 zip right out, and and it's like you know, kind of oh, thank heavens, I'm not hurting anymore. I can walk, or I can see, or I can hear, or, you know, the whole thing is right. they just get out, they get on with their lives. At least that's been my experience. They they just keep going. It's not like mm-hmm. they're dead. They're just in another stasis, I guess. They, I don't mm-hmm. think they realize that there's a difference, to be honest with you. I think they just keep on going. And mm-hmm. I think your, do- your, dog, your dog probably beat you home. He probably did. I did have visions of him later on. Um, but I was just, you know, it's, I, I just spin my wheels all the time on that. And, and I, I appreciate your feedback on that, quite honestly. Because it does bother well, me, big, and I do know that you're oh, right. Yeah. I mean, they they have a different way of transfer, 
people are more, um, you know, the emotional body, mental body, whatever else is going on, holding on and clinging on to life and also clinging on to whoever is in the radius. But Well, yeah, they, have no concept, just, they have no concept of death. Mm-hmm, right. You That's know, very they, true. They have, they have the concept of life, and their life just goes on, and they don't realize that they're not in a different form. They're in a different form. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've, I've had to let go of a lot of my animals, and usually the 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 question is answered simply by, do they will they have a quality of life? And mm-hmm. if there's not a quality of life there, then 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 I I, I let them go. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Usually, usually they're by then twenty-one or two years old. You know, they've had they've had a good long right. life, but um, it is you know, or if they're too. in pain, you know, I I right. know I I my Sheltie, um, he he had all sorts of cancerous tumors all through his brain and his whole body, and he he the cats could knock him over. He couldn't walk by himself. And I, I had to have a towel under him and walk him around the yard that way. And there's no quality of life for that dog. I mean, he couldn't run. Mm-hmm. He couldn't bark. He couldn't do anything. And then he kept having grand mal seizures. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to do all sorts of stuff to him. And it was like, will he be better? And they said, well, we can't guarantee that. But And I said, okay, then if you can't guarantee me, then we're not going there. Yeah, when they're that old, they don't like to do surgery. Usually, that's what they said to me. Anyway, with my boy, yeah. but he had some he had some uh, blood work that wasn't proper. I guess it didn't his uh, blood work wasn't good enough to do any real surgery on him at that point. But yeah, but he's a struggler. You know, the thing is, what I noticed about my dog, and not to get too much into the dog thing, but um, he was very much a fighter. Even if when he he's like me, like even if he was in pain or he'd ride through it, he'd go through it. He'd just be invincible, even though he was getting old and his body wasn't cooperating with him. It was something else. And and that's what I noticed in him is the spirit was so strong in him physically. That, you know, even if he was getting old and couldn't hardly get up when you know, and he was getting to that point where he had a lot of arthritis and everything too. So um but I want them to be free and um not traumatized and just be at peace and be you know, be able to do like you're mentioning, just let them go and, and be happy and but I do wonder about that. Even with people, like I said, when they transfer out, is it all right? Is everything okay? I think that's the biggest question why people go to mediums or psychics to anybody, they want to know if their ancestors are all right. They want to know if they've made it out okay. And I'm sure maybe you can relate to that with some of the people that probably have contacted you over the years asking you that question. I'm not sure or not, but it is a popular oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, one of, that's one of my, um, oh, gosh, it's one of my gifts. I can usually tune mm-hmm. into a person just after they've crossed over and, I, it's 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 hysterical, actually. Um, my friend Jeannie had a um, an elderly lady that was, I guess, the kind word is cantankerous. She, no, she was downright mean. And um, mm. Jean took care of her in the nursing home for years and years and years and years. And this woman, she pulled she pulled stunts that were just unbelievable. She was. I mean, the nursing home finally said they'd never had anybody as bad as her. I mean, she was after the men. She would walk around naked. She would do all sorts of stuff. And she had vascular wow. dementia <laughs> as well. So, and, and when she died, when she finally crossed over, her first thought was, 
I'll be damned. I thought I was going to hell. And, you know, she was just so amazed that she wasn't in hell. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and it's it's um, I can I can catch that moment in time. You know, when they've crossed over, when they're totally out of the body. Um, I can I can kind of tune into their energy still while it's while it's still kind of around, and just get. Mm-hmm get you know just the feeling of what's going on and and how they are reacting and um it's 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 really it's amazing and it's it's a lot of fun because usually usually there's there's humor there i did um gosh a spirit circle with um a whole bunch of people in in virginia once and i i said to two women i said there's a, a male spirit here and He's, it's unusual because he's very angry with you guys, and, and I, I said I don't know if it's it's which which one of you it's for, and they looked at each other and they said we're sisters, it's our father, and wow. I said <laughs> I said I said he's going on and on and on about the fact that first of all. The food you served at the reception was not what he had asked you to do. He had asked you to, he was very specific about his wishes, and you didn't follow any of them. And they both kind of looked at each other, kind of like, I told you so, I told you so. And, and I said, but, but the thing that he is most upset about is that you didn't bury him in the suit he wanted to be buried in. You buried him in another suit, and he was really upset. And they said, well, the one he wanted to be buried in was a new suit, and it was very expensive. And and I said, and you didn't bury him in it. And they said, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, we buried him in, and they said, I forget what color it was. And and I, I looked at them, and I said, was it the one that had a vest that went to it, too? And they said, "Oh yeah, that ugly vest. Yeah, we gave, he he was in that too." And and I said, "Okay, so now your father is laughing at you." And they said, "Why?" And he and, and this was so cool. I said, "You know that key to the safety deposit box you were looking for?" And they looked at me and said, "Yes." I said, "It was in the vest pocket." Oh wow, that's right on the money. No pun intended. Yeah. And Good call, and Barbara. I said. I said you had you had best stop looking for it and just go to the bank and say, "Sorry, it's with him. He took it with him." <laughs> Unless they dig up the grave. And <laughs> I got to do that. And but but what was really funny was, um, they I said he wants his suit, and they said, "Well, you know, he was he was cremated." And mm. oh wow! And I I said he wants his suit. And they said, well, how are we supposed to get it to him? I said, you're supposed to get it from the guy you gave it to and burn it. Oh, yeah. There you go. And they did. <laughs> oh, that's good. That probably solved a lot. Well, yeah. Well, I... <laughs> you know, it does sound like they hold grudges, huh? Some spirits do cling. Now, I wonder if that's, that's not a haunt, though. That was you channeling the data. Right? Yeah. So that's not necessarily oh. a haunt. He's not haunting anybody. No, I, I I got another man that was so upset 
because they wouldn't let him haunt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to rattle chains, chains and scare the pants off of somebody, and apparently it's against the rules. So um, well, I guess a good. haunting is very different, but, you know, he got to the other side, and first thing he wanted to do was scare somebody, not to death, but scare somebody, and they wouldn't let him. So That's interesting. But That's another question I have. The other side, the terminology of the other side, where do you really think that comes from? Um, it comes from, at least at least from, from my standpoint, it comes from the spiritualist church where their concept is that the other side is, they call it summerland because it's always at twilight, it's always in twilight. Now, that's not the concept I have of it, but the other side I get is, is you know, this side is a physical re- reality, and the other side is a an etheric reality. Reality. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. So they, they, you know, they obviously don't have a physical body anymore, but they have a physical form for a while. And right. it's it's so so it, it's you know the other side. Um, that makes sense. It's like a mirror between worlds, though. When I think about it, it's almost like it could be reconfigured, like. Yes, you leave the body here, this body, but then you get a new avatar. Uh-huh. You can create one. You can re, you know, engineer one, so to speak. And well, then that takes us into possibly reincarnation, or le- or uh-huh. just staying on in between space time into another lifetime and another realm, other planets, other star systems. I I think, yeah, and, and I don't know for sure because I haven't been there, um, but I think what happens is your consciousness still feels the form you had, but you don't actually have the form. Mm-hmm. Because, because, you know, it's, it's, it's not a physical solid form anymore, but I think your spirit may be so used to living within the physicality that you have here that for a while it maintains that form in consciousness. I don't think that there mm-hmm. are shadow people walking around any place. I think that they are etheric. I think they have no form. and But the consciousness remembers the form of this avatar. And mm-hmm. when it's, it's, it's interesting, my, my theory, at least today, um, well, no, it's been for a couple of days, so it may be a, a theory I will, I will expand upon. To a, to a great degree, but you know how people say you have a contract when you come into this lifetime mm-hmm. and of, of the things that you would like to draw to you so that you can have the experience of certain situations. I believe that what happens is the spirit figures out what it wants to work on next mm-hmm. and creates an avatar or or moves into an avatar that is being formed and when it moves into that avatar that is being formed it takes with it that roadmap and mm-hmm. when it enters the form that roadmap when that bonding takes place that roadmap is imprinted upon the DNA of the avatar Right, that makes sense. Yep, like a template. So, yep, I could see that. 
so that so that once it's the DNA is applied, kind of like a, a circuit board, um, the DNA starts then to, you know, uh, create a magnetism that draws to it those things that are most needed for the lessons this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, like a program. That yeah. makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, and that it's pr- that it's put into the to the it, that it's programmed actually into the DNA. And mm-hmm. that a lot of our, a lot of what they call our junk DNA is not junk at all. It's it's possibly the history of our entire journey through time. Mm-hmm. And that's why right through, that's yeah, why I agree we have, that. you know, that's why we have memories of lifetimes past and stuff like that. Yeah, I think a lot of that is activated through frequency. And that yeah. to me, and that's why I always look at seeing what's going on here because the frequencies are off in this particular field. Which some are weaponized, and I think some are just running interference. There's a lot of electricity and transmission and signal that is not in, in correlation to our cosmic blueprint, so to speak. So I think this is where we run into problems while we're navigating here, at least from my perspective. So, well, I, I think I think we should also um, I was going to say warn people, but that's not exactly what I mean. I think we should alert people that on Tuesday night, on top of the fact that it's election day. On Tuesday night, it's a full moon, and there's a, an eclipse. Mm-hmm. So the energies are going to be wild. Yeah, I agree. The last thing we need for the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on to your hats, no doubt, right? Yeah. There's, Go there's home. possible craziness <laughs> coming. Stay off the road again. <laughs> Not a bad yeah. thought. I, Not a bad thought. Well, I always like to say get out of the way. Get out of the way. If it, if it feels kind of crazy, just get out of the way. Don't be a moving target. Be, don't be in the line uh, of fire. I, I went and voted early. I did too. Yeah. I just didn't want to. I yeah. didn't want to be in that energetic field. I wanted to just do my thing quietly, and I'll be home. I'll be on the TV watching, certainly. But um, you know when when. This kind, I think, we have coming some very, very unsettling time, um, mm-hmm. as as far as as stuff goes. Um, I don't, I don't know what the outcome is going to be as far as the election goes, but depending on how it goes, I would say between now and January when new offices are assumed and stuff like that, um, that there is going to be upheaval like we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. That's what and, they're saying. And not only that, but um, my feeling is that um, at one point somebody said, oh, you know, the Republicans or the Democrats are all going to riot. And I don't the, – the, the rioting that I'm seeing – is not a political rioting of a party. It's a ge- the general populace revolting against the government that is not serving them and, and taking care of them like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. I can that makes see, sense. I can, I can see we are, we are on the way to an upheaval as far as the government that, that, that we have established that is supposedly taking care of us. Um, I don't frankly feel taken care of these days. 
<laughs> no, I feel very neglected. <laughs> Ew. Um, so so it, it's kind of, I I really see, and the reason I haven't done the, the projection in the last couple of years as far as the, you know, overview for the year coming is because it all felt so unsettled. I, I didn't feel that that was appropriate. I think right, this yeah, year I'll do it. Yeah. Because, well, you should, even if it's know. Dr. Doom, you know, um, I would, you know, it's a black hole. No, but I would put it out there nonetheless. <laughs> put it out there. People can handle it. I say they can't, but they can. Everybody's been kind of calibrated to what's going on here. It's very turbulent. There's no doubt. And you're right. I think it's going to get worse. No doubt about that. But and you're looking at the strategic stuff going on on a, on a potential war level, um, shortages, this, that, and the other. Everything seems to be, but it's all linear. And, and with that comes something else. So I'm looking at the linear implosion, but there's something bigger intersecting into and onto our world. And that comes from above, in my, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting uh-huh. to see where that plays out and what you read into it. So, well, you know, it's it's. Um, I keep th- I keep seeing things happening, especially the the crime. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. Is I have a my I have a granddaughter who's 16, and she has another year after this in high school, and then she will be off to college and. Um, you know, they've been looking at colleges, and they looked at NYU, and I said, oh, please, no. Mm-hmm. I don't want you in New York. And and um, I, I said to her, I, I tell you what, <clears throat> you have a year to go before you go to college. I don't care where – well, I do care where you go, but I have nothing to say about it. So I, I really – you know, there's nothing I can do or say. However, in the year you have between – now and then, when you go off to college, please take self-defense classes and be able to protect yourself. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. I hope she takes martial arts yeah. class. Yeah. Krav Maga is really good, by the way. That's probably one of the better ones for her. Well, I just, for you know, I said to her, she said, you know, well, I know, you know, you just kick them and, you know, in, in, in the lower regions and you're okay. And I said, and you, if you get grabbed from behind? I said you have to know how to protect yourself, and yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, they need I to just, train. Yeah, they need to train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and some guys I can said, handle a kick to the groin, by the way. So don't think that's going to work on all of them. Some guys are on so many drugs, depending on who they are. But if they're really uh-huh. wired, um, they're not going to feel it. They're not going to feel it. Some will, some won't. It depends on the person. They practice that stuff, getting kicked in the groin. We used to do that in martial arts training when they to the guys. Oh my gosh. Right? So. Without a cup, without a cup. Okay. So, well, yeah. By it, the way, one didn't just... wear his cup one time, and he was um, he was kicking in the air like he thought he was really awesome doing his taekwondo kicks, and we just underkicked him. <laughs> just went, you know, <laughs> that wasn't very. That was not okay <laughs> for him. But I think around. Well, he survived, right? <laughs> he survived. But my point is, yeah, that's a vulnerable area. But you know, some guys can handle stuff like that. Especially if they're on all kinds of drugs, you never know what they're on. You've seen law enforcement try to tackle a guy, or it takes a, a, quite a few officers sometimes to get one. You think about a woman um, who's uh-huh. light, you know, tiny, and um, yeah, they definitely need to know how to how to counter. Well, if and and especially a girl, but even the boys, I would say, mm-hmm, okay, sure. martial arts for at least a year before you go, just so you have some sort of weapon some sort of way of protecting yourself. Oh, I totally agree. I, mean, I don't know why parents don't put their kids in martial arts at a young age. I've never understood that because I taught martial arts. 
you know, and I, I loved it when the parents would bring their kids in. Even when they're little, they don't get everything right away, but it's the best uh-huh. thing. And if they stick with it, they're, they're phenomenal martial artists later on. That's a lifesaver for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, my, my granddaughter is, I'm beginning to look like a hobbit next to her. She's 5'8", uh-huh. I'm 5 foot. And, you know, Are you 5 foot? Just, oh, you're a hobbit. I am. Maybe an elf. Maybe an elf. I, I could be smaller I used too. To be, I used to be five four, but you know, age oh great, so you shrank. Whatever. I shrank. You know, they have these. Did you see that article about? You know, it was in Gattaca too, where you can extend your legs, or if they have to break some bones. There was a guy who actually had the surgery in, in California, who wanted to be taller because he was like I forget now five five, and then he went to five eight, but he oh. um, he went through excruciating pain to get there through surgery for his acting career. I don't know. It's a very interesting article. It reminded me of Gattaca because that's what he did in the movie. I don't know if you saw that. But he uh-huh. literally had his legs um, extended so he would appear as this other person. So that was very interesting. So that's the new fad, well, I guess, or whatever. Well, when I, um, I can remember it, you know, you, you go in for the test of all sorts of things as you get older. And at one point, um, the the doctor said, well, you're 5'1", and I said, Oh, that's fantastic. And he said, well, you, you shrank. And I said, I know. I, now I'm a petite, and I can shop in a whole new section of the store. And he just looked at me, and I said, means I don't have to hem everything. <laughs> there you go. So, well, if you start growing yeah. again, you might get taller. You never know. You know Everyone uh, going to work listen, out. This world is strange. <laughs> I have an inversion table. I hang upside down a lot. Oh, do you? That's cool. How nice. Oh, yeah. I had a friend that used to hang upside down like a bat. I forget what those things are called, but you literally hang from your, your heels like a bat. I, I think they're dangerous that's myself, what, but he used to do that all the no, time. No, that's what the, well, oh, that from the bar, a bar in the, in the doorway, you mean? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have an inversion table, and I just, it tips you upside down. Well, um, that's better. And yeah. oh, that's okay. Yeah. But it it does you know if you've got uh, if you've kinked yourself or whatever, it does unkink you, and if you have uh, pinched nerves, it unpinches those. So it That's definitely cool. saves money as far as the chiropractor goes. But mm-hmm. um, I just I think that today um, almost everyone should have martial arts because when you look at these things that are happening on the streets, and I mean these. I mean, frankly, you know, I'm not one to carry a gun or anything like that, but holy mackerel, sometimes you take a look at it and you think of, you know, you have to defend yourself somehow. You don't want right. to, you don't want to. No, have, I, I agree. You don't um, want to be a victim. Nobody should be a victim. No. But the thing is, this should be out there. This should not be going on. And a lot of it, in my opinion, has a lot to do with just the, the negligence of the border is a, is a big one, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah, and also letting criminals uh-huh. out of jail. These hardcore criminals are just getting a free ride. You know, they get, there's no repercussion whatsoever. They have a huge, you know, rap sheet, and they're going and getting out there, and they're doing all kinds of horrific stuff. So none of that is um, being looked at. It's really negligent, really is. And what are we supposed to do as a people, as a group? Um, you know, I don't, I don't trust anything. And we were talking about this. I don't know if I was talking to you about it, but the idea behind not really going any place alone anymore. You might want to have a buddy system. Where, or somebody uh-huh. watching your back, so you're not, you know. I think that's a smart move if you, um, if you're a woman and you know you're, you feel vulnerable. 
you've got to have situation awareness now. You've got to look under your car and around. It's not, it's not even being paranoid. It's literally just being aware um, of predators. There are predators everywhere. And it's happening in, in broad daylight, too. Yeah, it is. And it's very bold. I, very, very I, bold. Yeah. And I don't remember... Um, I, I, when my son was in college out in California, I, I went out a couple times, and I don't remember the people living on the street out there the way they are now, and I certainly never saw it in New York City where it's happening now. And it's all over the place where people are, you know, their jobs are gone and they have no place to live and they've got the tents and they're living in, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're doing their best. But holy mackerel, what has happened to this country? Right. Well, you know, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I predicted it being a third world disaster years and years ago. I said we're heading to be, become a third world country, and, and we, sure, we surely look like one. And the only people that are benefiting right now are the super wealthy, as far as I can tell. Upper middle class to middle class is being thwarted into poverty. Um, I know people that are trying to live off their retirements who literally can't live off their retirements. And, and they had, like, there were the upper yeah. middle class people that are retiring and now they can barely make it, and they get minimal amounts of money for retirement with inflation. How is this, you know, it's just insanity in motion, and nobody seems to really care. Um, everybody has a life worth. And, and you know, as we discuss on the show, we're not just physical people. We're beings. We're star people. We have soul, spirit, consciousness, you know. And then you look at the vastness of what we are and, and the type of weird that's going on here. It's inexcusable. And this is a world where we don't have to suffer. We don't have to. Nobody has to suffer here, which I, I never understood why this agenda, you know. So. Well, you know, it's it's. I think it's meant to make us forget that we are mm-hmm. star people. Yeah, and absolutely. That that's what that's what really bugs me. It's like, why would they want us to forget that? Why? I mean, the 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 creativity that is being um, dampened. Kids are not educated to utilize their creativity to think. They aren't. They they are being programmed with lies, and mm-hmm. this is an ex teacher. Not a, this is a, this is a teacher speaking. I really, if I had a child today, I would have that child home, and it would be homeschooled um, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know. I mean, my my grandchildren. Happily, my son was able to put them through private school, so they got a fabulous education. But, um, mm-hmm, you know, I didn't have that kind of affluence, and, and I, would have, I would have homeschooled my son rather than put him into a school system that is, first, first of all, not teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic and stuff like that. They're, they are not even teaching World War II in, cla- in schools anymore. They are teaching the mm. Holocaust. They are teaching... Um, you know, I'm in the South here, and, and history here is a bit skewed, too. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the, the, the richness of history gives us a platform to build on, and they're taking that platform away so that all we have is what they tell us, and what they tell us a great deal is a lie. Correct. Yeah. And, been like that for decades, centuries. So you know, it's it's this country was was um, an experiment, and it mm-hmm. you know it was never a democracy; it was always a republic. 
still is. Agreed. Why do they always call it a democracy? They still do that today. I heard Biden say that every day. What's wrong with them? Do they understand? Did they read the Constitution? Did did, did they, you know, I mean. They read anything. They make their own rules. (laughs) Well, I know. And that's, you know, I I live in an HOA, and I have found that while there are rules here, um, if you break one of them, there's no consequence. Wow, and, that's and and um, and even better yet, we did change the rules so that there could be fines put onto people, and mm. they don't care. They don't pay the they don't pay the fines, and and then there's wow. no consequence. So you know, it's the rules are great if people are honorable, but if they're mm-hmm. not honorable, they don't apply to them. It's just it's, I agree. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, the thing is, it this. The foundation is crumbled. The foundation is built on corruption. If it's built on corruption, you can't can't have a solid foundation, you know. And that's what I've been seeing here in this illusion and delusion of a world in this country, especially right now. It's just it has, it's so criminal. There's just so much organized crime that you can't even you can't even look at anything with a, with a, you know any kind of respect or integrity. Seems to me like that's that's just non-existent. So well, yeah, you know, it's, it's they, really a shame to see it. We you know so often. People talk about, you know, well, there are the white hats and the black hats. There aren't white and black hats anymore. Everybody has a gray hat. And you yeah, just one shade don't gray. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. it, it, Well, I do, and I know you do. <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah. But, but, and these guys are run, the ones running the show. I mean, the, the alphabet agencies are the ones that have been running everything for a very long time. You know, they but, create the know, storyboard, and everybody's flying around doing the same thing. And people buy it all. They're so programmed mm-hmm. to say, yes. you know, this they is. Are. I mean, it's it's a it's amazing. People will prom. Uh, uh, I I won't talk to the last couple of elections because I don't want to get into politics. But prior to that, during during campaigns and stuff like that, everybody would make promises. And um, Jeannie and I, for the, for a number of years, have written down all the promises everybody's made. And realized that that I would say seventy five percent of them are empty promises because, as an individual, they aren't able to do any of that. They don't have the authority to do any of that. So how could they promise mm-hmm. that? And, That's very true. And then, and then, um, and then, you know, it's like how many of the promises did they actually keep? And it's it's usually. Maybe one percent, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, if I'm if if I'm elected, I will do this. Well, if you're elected, the promise that you just said you would you would keep means that it has to go before the House and the Senate, and then the President has to sign it. And if any of those you know don't work, you, your promise is empty. So mm-hmm. I, I think yep. people should pay attention to exactly what people are promising and what it would take to make that happen, because we don't have a dictatorship yet, and you know somebody can't promise something that takes so much more to actually make it happen than them just saying it. So it, it's they're empty promises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's too and, much corruption. People listen to them. People say, well, they said they were going to do this. And, I mean, we've, Gene and I have stopped taking, 
you know, writing down the promises and just, you know, watching afterwards because it's fruitless. It's, mm-hmm, <laughs> it's, it is. Well, think about it this way. Would these people actually have a cup of coffee with you? And if they did, would you even like them? I think that's something to look at. How yeah. many people would you sit there and have a real conversation with? I know they do their little political BS and tour around and have the fake handshakes and everything else. But when push comes to shove, it's true. They are puppets on a string, and they really don't have the um, the power and the authority they say they have. Um, I think the DOJ runs an awful lot. The military-industrial complex seems to be making a lot of calls. The military, in my opinion, is not our military anymore, and they seem to be not no. into the too, too much of this realm. But they are literally calling the shots, if you ask me. And I've said it before. I was very concerned about the uh, Space Force taking over the military satellites, all of them because I understand what kind of personnel they have working there right now. So I'm not real happy with what's here. I think it needs to be um, regenerated in a different formula, to be honest. And it's very corrupt with the weaponization of space right now. Well, and maybe that's what you're looking that. in at. You might want to remote view that, Barbara, because I've been looking at that. And that's the big deal. That's the big window. Well, I think, I think though, what, what scares me is – I'm not looking at, I'm not seeing, you know, so many, so much of extraterrestrials causing trouble here. Um, mm-hmm. I will, I will say I, they're probably watching us like a soap opera, but I don't feel that, that, that that's the problem. I think it's, the, it's the people here that are, I don't know what they're doing or why. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make right. sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, they're they're shutting down all of our fossil fuel, all the coal and all the oil and everything, and there's nothing to replace it with. Mm-hmm. What are they? Sabotage, what, are they what are they thinking? I mean, well, the only fine. thing I can think of. You no, know, I agree with you, but the funny thing is. It's either they're doing it deliberately to sabotage or somebody in the background who has a lot of authority is going to release big energy with zero point to everything so that we don't have to deal with payments on anything and nobody's living in poverty and everybody's pretty much very well off. That would be the way to do it. Not, not everybody's poor. Not everybody's struggling. Everybody has, is very, um, I would say, wealthy. And the universe is abundant. Why shouldn't it be here? And, and I think, in my opinion, if they're going to sabotage, then uh, you know, there has to be an alternative. And we have an alternative. We have patents. We have all kinds of other things in the ether and beyond. We could easily, uh-huh. easily switch it. We could flip a switch so fast. And that's what bothers me the most, Barbara, is that the, it's like, why on earth would you put people through this hell? Just because you want to play the devil? I mean, really? Something wrong. Well, look at, look at Nikola Tesla wanted to give everybody electricity for free. Mm-hmm. It's out there. It's the way to do it's, it is out there. Is put the damn towers up and give us all free energy. And it, it's really funny because, in my opinion, this world is, is a, the primer for that. And, you know, he have a, everything yeah. grounded underground, so to speak. So it's, it's definitely a primer to the ether, which is, you know, beyond the realm here. In my opinion, yeah, once you get into a, a particular configuration, you can you can navigate anywhere. We don't need rocket ships. We don't need any of the primordial tech they're using, not even the Internet. No. Um, so I don't – and I know they have this. I know they understand it. What I, I know they understand what I'm talking about. So that's the world that exists simultaneously with this one. And that's the world we were supposed to make the jump point into and, the, and the, you know, going to the next timeline. So um, we're already there beyond space time, but a lot of people are not. I mean, our consciousness is there, rather. So that's what I'd like to yeah. see. And I don't see why. And, and show me a man who, or a woman who wants to stand up and say, hey, let's go for it. Let's do it now. I'd like to see that person stand up right now. 
and, and say it. We need somebody like that, to be honest with you. And, and we have so many patents. I mean, think about all the patents that were stolen. People were murdered for those patents. Um, take it away. You know, well, erase. Think of all the patents the government bought so they could suppress them. Yeah, it's insanity. And once again, somebody's, somebody knows. Somebody has a lot of data. Um, beings like us can access those da- that data easily because we're very good at traversing and remote viewing and, and just our stream of consciousness uh-huh. is beyond their configuration. But I'll tell you, um, these guys, it's really a, a war crime. It's a universal war crime to stop the evolution and knowledge and gnosis of, of anyone or anything here on this world, to deprive them of that evolution, to deprive them of that information, I think is, is a horrific crime on a cosmic scale. Oh, that's my rant. Well, <laughs> no, we're talking about <laughs> reincarnation and your death experiences, but it kind of dovetails, so in a weird way. Well, you know, so we're many... walking on the edge of the black right now. Oh yeah, so so many of us though have have been here generation from generation to generation. So many of us have. I mean, I think that there are enlightened beings on the planet right now that are here because we're going through this kind of trauma. I think that there mm-hmm. are. I won't call them master teachers, but I will call them enlightened, so that so that there's a, a sense of, and I'd like to know where the hell they are, because um, I know that that we are going through a traumatic time, and and the next couple of years, at least the next two years, are going to be tremendously traumatic for us all, and it's sort of like. There's a point to it. There's a purpose to it. There's a, um, I don't know, a, 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 what, a, a, an initiation by fire, so to speak. It does feel as though I think we're going to come out okay at the end, but it's going to be awful in the meantime. And mm-hmm. It's a diversion, too. And the thing is, that well, struggle you're talking about, that trauma, is diverting everybody's psyche, energy, and consciousness away from the true space-time configuration and into this void uh-huh. of nothingness where they're trying to manipulate. So that's what we have to break orbit with. And when I look at the 2030 agenda, by the way, we're in fast track. We're, I mean, they're going fast track towards 2030, which is, you know, that's a whole scenario. But when you look at it, oh, yeah. in my opinion, when I, I've looked, I've looked down these timelines, and I'm telling you, I don't see a big population. By 2025, I don't see a big population at all. So that's what I've been seeing, uh, something way, way different. And also, um, I still think Al Bielik was spot on when it came down to what he saw with artificial intelligence and a small population. I don't know if you looked into his records or not, but he, he did uh-huh. mention um, about the future of, of the world. And, and he just is, to me, I resonate with it. I totally get it. Just really um, sings. But what takes, what takes out the populations? Because it's millions of people. Well, think about what they're doing right now. It's a slow kill. It's a slow bleed. It's, I mean, in my opinion, the, the primer for the mass collective to be destroyed is the directed energy weapons and the aerial warfare above our heads right now. Those are the primers. And I said it a billion fold that that transmission, that that type of transmission that they're using is, is a kill shot to anyone and anything with a, with a life force and a pulse. And they know it. And I know that, you know, you have these other things going on with, with the bioweapons and the injections and this, that, and the other. That's just one little avenue. The bigger scenery is what's above our heads. And I, I tell everybody, be very careful about those satellites and everything else they have been, uh, I mean, think about how fast they've been putting up satellites. You think that's all for the internet? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell no. So, yeah. I mean, I've been monitoring a lot. That's just my nature to do so. And I'm telling you, <laughs> oh, no. 
There's something way big. And, of course, they're trying to say it's the uh, adversaries off-planet. Well, they created adversaries off-planet. And you're right. It won't be an attack from off-world species against us. It's going to be their personnel, their military, their reverse-engineered tech against us is what it's going to be, if that is a war that decides to kick off. And they've already used a piece of it. They're already deploying parts of it, and, you know, little pieces here and there. Yeah, and and it's it's just, you know, you look at it and you think, why? And and you know, definitely definitely there's something going on cuz cuz the Georgia Stones it was just one panel of the Georgia Stones that were were destroyed and yet they blew the whole thing up and plowed it under. Why? Mhm. I mean, Yeah, exactly. Were, was that a kickoff were, though? It, and that's another thing. Was that a kickoff or was that a demolition to just eradicate the idea? Or was that their way of saying, "Hey, let's start the game." You have to ask yourself, you know. No, it could have been it could have been all of the above. Um, you remember Easter I, Island I just, too? Wasn't there an accident over there with Easter Island and one of the um, some some kind of fire or something I, that destroyed some of those? Yeah, with the Easter Island with the big statues. A fire? I mean, they were volcanic, so I don't think they could have been destroyed by fire. Um. I think, but I think it did some damage. If I'm not mistaken, I'll have to find that link for you. I'm pretty sure. Okay. But there's been some weird going on. Some kind of sabotage when it comes down to um, ancient artifacts, ancient sites, ancient power spots, and areas where there's a huge, like the ley lines have changed quite a bit from what we recognize uh-huh. as our own celestial blueprints. Um, they've been some kind of distortion in the field, if you ask me. So yeah, there's a lot being displaced. I guess is the word. Very interesting. I'll get to well, that article. I- you, you might find it interesting. Yeah, I, I thank you. Um I think that that they are they are destroying and suppressing um a lot of antiquities and I think that that what what I have been been itching about, I guess is the best way to put it, that you know, everything happened within the last 12,000 years. Nothing happened before that. And the reality is that there were civilizations here and there were cultures here, and they may well have been far more advanced than we ha- than we are and destroyed by a, some sort of cataclysm. And, and you know, it, it may have been um, a comet hitting the earth or whatever that just wiped out most of humanity, but... but there's nothing, you know, nobody's talking about it, about what happened before the last damn ice age. There were, I mean, I, I mean, let's face it, Antarctica was in a temperate zone. There has mm-hmm. to be. That's still a good place to go. We should head oh, over yeah. there. Get rid of the military, though. Those guys, they're all staking that area out. So we need to clear that space Absolutely. so we can go over there. Absolutely. But... But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, maybe the pyramids were built by a culture before the last ice age, you know. and kind and, of possible. You know, well, yeah. And, and um, so, so you just kind of, the, the planet is, is, you know, old, of course. We're it's older. beyond what they realize. Yeah. And so are we. And that, um, yeah. well, the moon, you know how that works. So that's way beyond the configuration of here, too. That's another thing, that monitoring station. Everything is uh-huh. uh, it's, it's so advanced, in my opinion. It's not like we were old. Um, everybody's there, you know, like with clubs, like in the 
Flintstones. Everybody's thinking it's that kind of primordial. No, I think it was extremely technological, and they've obfuscated every bit of it. So um, and that's just more than intuition. That's gnosis and all the information that I've accessed over the years. I can tell you there's, well, it, um, there's so much concealed. There's so much. Well, if you look at the, the, um, the, the pyramids, some of the um, hieroglyphs and some of the pictures, they show them using what looks like a light bulb and probably was, you know, because I've often said, mm-hmm. how could they have done all these paintings and everything and there's no, there's no um, you know, no smoke or anything like that that has marred, you know, the paintings and how did they do them in total darkness? Mm-hmm. And they had to have some form of light. And um, yeah, I think it was way beyond light. I think it's more of a zero point primer too. There's a lot to that pyramid, especially when, uh, especially when it's in resonance with other star systems in amplification. Uh-huh. I think it's like a grounding rod too. So yeah, there's there's some mystery there. There's a lot of mystery there. Very interesting. You know, when we talked about the Bosnian pyramid in the past, and that's another one. Do you remember that yeah. transmission that came through? And the transmission was I, like bar the gates or something. It was. That yeah. to me is a big deal, isn't it? They were trying to survive underground. If it's for real, they, which they, I don't know. I mean, they, yeah. go ahead. They said that the tunnels are closed. Um, we will survive here until the Stargate reopens. I mean, yeah, that's, that's important. That's, which Stargate? I guess is the question. Well, I think there's a Stargate home, in right? the pyramid. I agree with you. There's an oh. access point. And even people say and that's not a real pyramid. I'm sorry. I, I think it is definitely a structure of some kind. Well, no, people yeah, argue that those, with the Bosnian pyramid. Those, those tunnels, have you seen them? Have you seen, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the ceramic boulders that are in some of them? And when they moved the boulder, the tunnel flooded. And when they moved the boulder back, it dried up. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So, so the, the ceramic boulders really are telling you where the running water is underneath them. And... The air is, the negative ions in the air are so pure that people with arthritis and, and sometimes cancer have found that they've been healed from just being mm-hmm. in the tunnels. I know, I need to go over there. It sounds so nice. I could regenerate in a heartbeat. Just to feel oh, better. Geez, yeah. yeah. No, Dr. Like, Sam I need a regeneration is, you know. chamber. <laughs> but have that's what it is. Dr. We're in the wrong Sam. space time. Go ahead. Have you had Dr. Sam on your show yet? No, oh, I had him on in the past. I have not talked to him in a long time. I'd love to get him back on, though. It's been a while. So, yeah. Was, have you talked to him recently? Uh, not within the last year or so. I've had him on okay. twice, I think. He's he's one of my favorite interviews. I mm-hmm. introduced yeah. him and welcomed him to the show, and he interviewed himself. And in that voice yeah, of his, he, he would say, and, and you would say, Barbara, and you would ask Barbara, and this is what I would answer. And it was, I could he's have folded awesome. laundry and baked brownies. I mean, you know, he just. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the ideal guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's he's, nice. He's, and he's so professional and so knowledgeable. Yeah, it's fascinating. Oh, yeah. No, I, I could listen to him all night. I just, and mm-hmm. and his his book was, I don't know how I got a, actually a hold of his book, but it's not published anymore. But, um Mm-hmm. It was it was a great book, and um, but he's he's an amazing. I, I haven't heard much of him lately, and surprisingly, he was on Ancient Aliens early on, but not lately. Oh, that doesn't surprise me because you know they changed their whole format. You know, there's a lot of talking heads there that just I don't know. I'm not real impressed with Ancient Aliens, so. 
Well, I'm not either, but, you know, Patrick was on during epi- during uh, season six, and um, mm. it's kind of, it, every now and then I'll put it on just to have noise in the house because, you know, cats don't right. talk much. And um, every now and then I, I'm shocked because there's Patrick up on the screen, and it's like, holy mackerel, you know, because I wow. was there when I... I, he he did that two weeks before he died. Oh really? So, wow, a nice so old they, time capsule for you. Well, it is because well they you know they took slices here and slices there, so he's in I think at least three to five different episodes of it on different topics, which is kind of fun. And um, you know he was he was done. He said, "I'm finished. I'm done." And and mm. then when they asked him to be on Ancient Aliens, it was like the icing on the cake for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we did that. But, um, I mean, there there have been some very interesting shows. You know, I, 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 I look at it, I listen to it, and if, it, if there's something there that I feel like I want to investigate further, I do. But... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say a good half of the people on have already been on the show, and they're and if they've written mm-hmm. a good book or whatever, I mean, like like Andrew Collins and Greg Little, mm-hmm. I mean, their stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, very good. I think Andrew Collins has a new book coming out in December. I think. Well, that's right. On the I think he mentioned that first, to me. Actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for, first female par- uh, pharaoh, I think. That should be Here's interesting. You know, I have to. I'm behind. I need to. Get, where do I have time to read? But I will find some. <laughs> I, there's so many books. I'm like <laughs> at my library. You know, I'm not going to throw away any of my books. I love physical books. So it's, it's I do too. To the point I, where I'm like I, that guy I, in that movie, Twilight Zone. But go ahead. Oh, I love that. There's all the books around him. You know. Yeah, yeah. I still have. Yeah, I can still see you read them for now, but. I, I've got I've got my books now. I have them piled on the floor here um, alphabetically, so I can find a book when I need it. Oh, thank you. You know, I alphabetize too, and I've I've gone to friends' libraries in their homes. I'm like, don't you alphabetize your books? They don't. I don't know how they find their books. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I don't do find the books. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> that's I mean, that's my way of doing things, and that's why you're supposed to do them, in my opinion. Is to keep it alphabetically, you know, in order. So. Yeah, there there are just piles here, and a lot of books. Um, you know, it's it brings back great memories. So. <laughs> oh, I it bet. Is kind of, it, oh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm like you. I've got hundreds and hundreds of interviews out there, and and. Yeah, uh, you've done great. Wonderful. Excellent interviews, oh. I must say. He's done a well, fabulous and, and, job of the network. And Mark too. He does. He does a job. Mark is job. fabulous. He's helped yes. me too. I, I really appreciate you, Mark. I know he's out there listening. He's sending me information back and forth on the hotline. He is. <laughs> he is. He is probably one of the sweetest, most genuine people out there. He is. You are, Mark. Yes, he is. Kudos to you. And that—that that means I don't have to give you a raise for Christmas, Mark. By the way. Um, but you don't get cramped I, I, I often, so there it is. 
I, I often right. threaten to cut his salary. Of course, he gets nothing, so <laughs> he's not to upset. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> no, no. He says he's blessed. But he's, he no, he is a good person, and and yeah, he, he does is. an amazing job. Um, and and you know, I, I I am fortunate that you know, I think four years. I think I don't know if it's three years going wow. on four or four years going on five, but we've been. He's mm-hmm. been a part of Nightlight for a very long time, and um, mm-hmm. certainly his his help has gotten us to over 2,000 um, subscribers for Nightlife, Night, well, for the Nightlight That's wonderful. YouTube. That's yeah. excellent. Yes, very cool. <laughs> I'm sure he's he's relieved that we hit the 2,000 mark, and now I'm going to stop, you know, really following the numbers as they come, because we got close, you know, as we were getting closer to 2,000, it was like, Oh, oh, please, oh, please, you know, we got a oh, over four years. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mark. Um, so that, so that, you know, that's 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 a big number. It was for me, anyhow, because mm-hmm. I remember when I was mm-hmm. when I was in single digits. So, mm-hmm. oh, but it's, it's uh, well, and uh, you know, it's yeah. Nightlight has been out there for fifteen or sixteen years now. Wow, how amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And the nightlight's well, still we'll on? keep going. That's nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We need a nightlight. Everybody needs a nightlight. Well, you know, oh, that sure. was my theory when I named it Nightlight. Somebody said, That's a stupid name. And I said, No, it's not. I want it to be a nightlight in the darkness and confusion of the times. And that's mm-hmm. what I think Perfect. it's become. It's, it's you know, Really, really cool spiritual people come on here and share their wisdom, like you, and and um, Thank you. you know people can listen and get a little bit of insight and, and understand that they're not alone and it's it's important. So I agree. And, that there's hope too like beyond I, the illusion of. Oh yeah. Well, I tell Mark, I tell everybody, as long as this is fun, I keep doing it. When I it's not fun anymore, and I, I will stop. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's uh, it's been an education so far for sure, and I'm thoroughly enjoying oh, yeah. myself. So, and you, you sound know, like so you are. You do great, and the interviews are awesome. Very nice. Well, you know, I very nice I catch yours too, and you're you're doing the Thank same you. thing um, in what on KCOR and on um, mm-hmm. Freedom Slips. Yeah, yeah, I'm still there, plugging along. It's so interesting, you know. It just becomes routine. So, like, I don't well, know what I do on a Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> how long have you it's been? Crazy. Have you been been doing your show? I think um, with Raven Star, I think I've been there like ten years. I want to say something in that window, nine to ten years. And the other one is less. That's like seven years or something like that. So, but then I was on Dark Matter Digital Network. Remember, Dark Matter was Art Bell, right? Uh, uh-huh. I was actually, that's where Hyperspace was born, was on Dark Matter Digital Network. That was with Keith Rowland, wow. and that's, that's, when my, that's how Hyperspace was created. I went over there. It was a real thrill to have him produce me, you know, because that's our Bell's producer at the time. And uh, uh-huh. to be on that network was just like, wow, even though, you know, it was, it was really cool. It was really nice to be there. Of course, we all got dumped as soon as Art went live. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was nice. <laughs> Jimmy Church took off from there. That's where he really started to fly and. Uh, a lot of good hosts were over there at the time. Yeah, so I've been well, around. I think there are 
there are a lot of us old timers that are that are still yeah. plugging. And is that amazing? I, I mean, know. I feel like such a dinosaur. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, still, I try to keep my sparkle on my scales, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that there is a stability on your show, and hopefully here too. That you know, we're yeah. not going to get too crazy. We're not going to, you know run around saying conspiracy conspiracy though it is there are conspiracies for sure but but that we try to put out a material that has a spiritual um foundation to it so people can kind of get an idea of where they can go and how they can utilize their own talents and their own gifts and stuff like that because mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's nowhere else. Um, I agree. Yeah, self-expression too. Uh, They're learning, and also it's the power of self-expression. It's teaching them how to express themselves in some formula. It doesn't have to be a radio show, but creativity in some form. Uh-huh. That's a big deal. I mean, all the information that you brought forward. I mean, that's quite a bit of data with your interviews, and and information they will never get in a school or a college. Most of the time, you have to dig for this stuff. And if you get somebody out there who's who has a great expertise in some of these areas and you get to interview them for two hours i mean that's that's gold if you ask me and that's what i love about the radio well well, i tell everybody that that uh nightlight is my phd program i find an area Mm -hmm. i'm fascinated with i find an expert in that field and then i talk them into tutoring me for two hours for free there you go (laughs) so you paid your dues as a teacher Yeah. So hey, that's well, you to get some free education. <laughs> but but I do read the book of everyone I have interviewed so far. I read that's their book awesome. before I do the interview, and um, I did um, Brian J. Jones a week or two ago, and his book was mm-hmm. seven hundred and forty-four pages. Wow! Wow! What kind of book was that? What was the title? It it was on Jim Henson, and it was fascinating. Oh. How cool! Is it that? was fascinating. It was it was a good read, and actually, it was such a good read that I have booked him again for, I think, April or May uh, for his book on Dr. Seuss. Oh, how cool is that? I may have to look into him as a guest. That's He's a-, a great guest. Um. And, and awesome. you know, I, I I always look for the spiritual stuff for it, and apparently Henson, among other things, um, was into the Seth material, and I never knew that. And he all he had he had a spiritual outlook that was phenomenal. If um, if somebody stole something from him, his attitude was, well, they must have needed it more than I did. Wow, so how interesting. The the purity and the innocence of the original Muppets um had a very spiritual background for them. And very interesting. Can you, you hear know, me okay? The, yeah. Barbara? Okay, good, because my, yeah, my microphone hear. got bumped by my dog. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Oh, yep, you're fine. And and okay. a lot of his his stuff that he did outside of the Muppets also had spirituality um, symbol- symbolically in it, 
And, you know, if you weren't, if you didn't realize there was symbology there, you don't see it. But if you know that he had the spiritual background, you look for the symbology and it's there all over the place. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he That's was very interesting. He was, he was teaching and, and he did a book on, um, oh, Washington, not Washington Irving, Mark. I don't know. I remember. I don't remember what it was. Um, hopefully, Mark will type it in someplace. But he did a book on um, Jim Henson. He did a book on Dr. Seuss. He did a book on um, on, on George on, Lucas. George he Lucas, said, Mark, oh, and yeah. no, and there was one that Mark interviewed him on too. So, um, um, very interesting. Oh, I like Washington, George Lucas. Yes. I like the work. Oh, go ahead. Okay, yeah, Washington Irving. Oh, the Washington other one. Irving. Okay, very interesting. Very strange combination, but I mean, mm-hmm. he he does. Our friend Jones was just an amazing interview. Couldn't shut him up. And, um, well, that's good. Oh yeah, no, he was he was great. He um, and the book was, you know, I have to say the book was an easy read. In that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I try to read a little bit each day. I just break it up as, as you know, twenty percent for five days. I should be fine. And um, it it went fast. The book did. It was really an enjoyable read. It, it, it chronicled his life, what he went on, you know, how he organized the the whole thing and you know he graduated college his degree was in home ec really oh that's because, not a class but but well that no it was it was a major in the the mm-hmm. you know he wanted to build sets he wanted to make costumes and and he that's where he got his sewing um his really? sewing abilities from yeah how fascinating is that? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I would love to build sets. I think that's such a cool thing to build a set and be on those. Uh, I think not being an actor, but being in the background, I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Especially with so, like so science fiction films. I bet you that's really cool. Oh, yeah. No, he, he'd be a great interview for you. He's, mm-hmm. He doesn't I may take have to much steal to him, turn him on. on. Oh, so I'm going to have to him. Happily yeah, give you the contact that. information. No, yeah, he'd be awesome. You know. I'd like to talk to him. Very yeah, cool. he, he Happy to interview. And I'm looking forward to Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah. I love Dr. Uh, Seuss. Even though they tried to like blacklist Dr. Seuss or something, didn't they? I don't know what. But who doesn't love Dr. Seuss? Well, true. The books. I did, anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I and you know, the schools um, took a a lot of the Dr. Seuss books off the shelves because they felt Jeez. they were racist. I don't see that. Which, How the heck can you be racist in a book like that? I don't see it. Well, um, there was there was one about um, colored faces or something. It, it was like that Star Trek. It was a Star Trek. Yeah, um, where where one guy was. Um, Black and white, one direction, and the other, and his twin was black and white, the other oh, direction. I that. Yeah, <clears throat> and they mm-hmm. and they fought through time, and and he went through the whole thing of you know having to be able to work together and be together. Um, there were a number of um, 
Dr. Seuss's books that were taken off the shelves. Hmm. So sad. People take things way too personally, if you ask me. I don't even look at it like that. I don't even read the energy like that when I'm seeing stuff like that, you know? I think it has to do with them and their psychological imprinting. I really do. Because most people don't see things like that. Sorry. If you're involved on the consciousness level, you're not even thinking that realm. No, but unfortunately, you know, I, I think... I I grew up with I did I grew up with reading Dr. Seuss to my son and mm-hmm. you know I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world and and with um with Hanson um when they were composing music for the show they asked teachers what are the most common words kids use kids learn to read um you know in in school they got those those words and that's what they made their songs up from. Hmm. So, um, a lot of cool stuff in that book. Mm-hmm. Sounds really interesting. So, I'll definitely yeah. be interviewing him. Definitely. Yeah. Well, he, he's he, he's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, well, they're not, all good. I mean, my goodness, you look on your um, all of your archives. Yeah, every guest is stellar. Every guest is awesome. You don't have any bad guests. We've really had a couple. Awesome, you know. <laughs> well, none that I'm aware of. You probably. <laughs> We've had, Mark and I have a couple that we kind of chuckle over. Um, Did you boot them off the air? Actually. You didn't do that. You're too classy. Actually, right. yeah, no, actually those shows didn't make it on the air. Um, there okay. weren't a lot, but there were a couple. And there was one lady mm-hmm. that had a nervous breakdown on the show that I thought Mark was mm. going to die over. But we edited Uh-oh. out the the breakdown, so it was not bad. That's good. But yes. <laughs> but back That's to our funny. topic, kind of 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 yeah. Near-death I know we went into our universe for a while. <laughs> well, that's, that's okay. okay. Um, the, a lot of people have had near death experiences and they don't even recognize them. A lot of people have had out of body experiences and they don't recognize them. And I think mm-hmm. that, that, you know, people need to be more aware on a conscious level as to what's going on with them because I do feel that there is um, a, a, an ascension taking place, downloads being given, and I don't think people are understanding what's happening. They, they feel strange. They feel weird. Um, they've gotten a download of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I... I I think there, there's a lot going on. I think the universe is trying to wake people up, um, the universe being, um, I don't know who. But but I know that people are getting downloads, and they don't know what to do with the material, or they don't know how to utilize it. And, and I think that the one thing that, that has been a constant in almost every spiritual person I've talked to is meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. That will help that, definitely that. Um, decipher the data, keep them more centered with uh-huh. it anyways. And some people, it depends on how they re- retrieve the information. I mean, say the downloads, I mean, it could be a visual, it could be information in dialogue and narrative, telepathy. I mean, I always see it as frequency. So when you're looking at things that change your perspective, what your consciousness is changing through the field. So the frequency is shifting, and therefore the consciousness is becoming more animated, more activated to some degree, in my opinion, to some on some level, and maybe that would bring them a little bit more peace. But with that kind of fuel in your system, that kind of energy, then meditation would definitely help uh, ground everything just like anything else. So that's a good one. 
But with uh, some of the stuff like astral projection, I always feel invigorated. I have had uh, other experiences where uh, there's been some interesting – you talked about shadow people um, not being around. I saw one like a few weeks before Samhain. There are, there's shadow out there. And I don't know what it was doing around here, but I did see something. It was a, um, a shadowy being, and it was a male, and it, it definitely was shadow. It wasn't technological, at least under my, my observation. So they're around. Whether they're earthbound spirits, I don't know. Yeah, okay. There's a cat knock to tell us. Cat, cat unplugged Your cat me for a and minute. My, my dog? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you okay now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. She's just unplugged okay, it. good. How funny. Your kitty, <clears throat> excuse me, your kitty didn't I, want I, me to talk. I figured you would keep talking no matter what, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just, in, you know, I thought it was very interesting anyways, looking at that whole thing and. Uh, but I do think it's all about the frequency bands and, and how people calibrate the field. But, you know, if they're getting confused, I think the disorientation is coming from the linear realm and all the static and all the trauma they're being exposed to. Uh-huh. Well, I, I we do a noticed lot a, lot, a lot of people are talking about having trouble sleeping these days. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what's going on. And the one thing that I am sort of... Um, Holding my breath on, I think there's going to be an EMP surge. Mm-hmm. I I, no, I try. Sense. I I didn't used to uh, turn my computer off at night. I now do that. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, I I don't know if that'll make any different if difference if there's an EMP. I think no. I guess what I'm trying to say is. I think the internet is going to go down for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all to hear that. Considering it's being a target, um, I would say get a satellite phone if that's the case. Uh, for a lot of people, I don't know if I trust the other kind. You might want to get a satellite phone. I, well, you know something? Sense. I was, I took a look at them. They're expensive. There's one, actually, I should get you a link that's not super expensive. I think it's like $99 a month. I don't know. It's not any more than a regular, you know, different contract with a regular phone, cell phone. But, yeah, excuse me, I can get you information on that. Yeah, I would appreciate that because I really, um, you know, I talk to some people every day, and and, Mm -hmm. um, if, if the internet goes down, um, telephones may go down, and if that happens, then we lose communication. I mean, if the internet is stop and think, if the internet is down, we don't have the internet, we don't have telephone, and we don't have television. We don't know what's going on in the world. That's right. Except for what you see outside, who comes knocking on your door, right? Well, so you that's know, an interesting aspect of it. Suddenly, you're going to have to look for a newspaper. Well, good I mean, luck with that. What, <laughs> well, just think. Seriously, just no. think. If the internet goes down, we become isolated, like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, I mean, they tried to isolate us with the pandemic. They they did to a degree, but mm-hmm. all they have to do is knock the internet down, and 
we will have no idea as to what's going on. We'll have no idea as to what the government is doing. We'll have no I- we'll, we'll have just no idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, keep them confused and dispersed to some degree. Yeah, I could see that happening. I, I think that they're in for a free for all at some point. You know, it seems that way anyway. Chaos in motion. Well, that's you know, I kind of wanted to to find a way to still stay in communication with people if the internet went down. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing I could think of would be a satellite phone, but if they take the internet down with an EMP or EMP, yeah, um, would the satellites be down too? Not those, from what I understand. Not not the one that with the link I sent you. Not with that one. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, at least that's what I'm under the impression of, anyway. So. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm. Yeah, these are good, from what I understand. So. Well, on top of, you know, everybody's saying, okay, there are going to be food shortages and we're going to, have, you know, toilet paper is going to be gone again or whatever. But, you know, so long as we have the Internet and so long as we have our telephones and everything and so long as we have TV, we know what's going on. I think what they want to do, and, and this is not aliens, this is this is humans that are trying to you know, really control the populace, I think what they're trying to do is to isolate us to the point where where we depend upon them. I mean, how will they, I mean, the only way they could communicate with us is if they gave us the Internet to a degree back but only had a station that gave us information that they wanted us to get. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it would not take a lot to suddenly control the entire nation or world. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I think that's the whole idea is to control everything with one, one move on the chessboard, so to speak. But, yeah, and keep the information minimal. Well, that's the whole idea about censorship and sanitizing information and uh, controlling uh-huh. the narrative, which, of course, uh, you saw how the Department of Defense took over the UFO anomaly research insofar as trying to data mine everything, keep all the information in one area, and then try to go after the people that are actually – um, communicating the truth. I mean, I, I saw that going down. So there's all that weird. Everybody wants to control and manipulate information. And, uh, yeah, but that's not going to stop anything. The more you try to suppress and oppress, it just blows up. So who knows? But in the meantime, I think they're going to be up to no good. All these areas are just uh, tricksters, you know, a lot of low-key I just energy don't know, around. I don't know the point to it. I think they I do really because don't. they can, and I've said it before. They do it because they can. Nobody stopped them yet. Nobody's put the brakes on them. That's why they're doing it. If they had something or someone putting the brakes on them, they wouldn't be doing it. It wouldn't happen. That's my point. The only yeah, thing that can shut them down is off-world intelligence. That will shut them down. Off-world species will shut them down because their information and technology and everything they reverse engineered doesn't belong to them and their divisions. It belongs to off-world species. And that's a whole different ballpark. That's a whole different configuration. That, in my opinion, is the only way to shut them down. At that, and it, that will happen at some point. I don't know if we'll be here to see it, but that's going to happen. Yeah, I just don't see any point in, I mean, I can see the United States going towards socialism. I can see it becoming a dictatorship. And well, it certainly looks that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, um, 
it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any point. We, I, I used to tell people that I, I was uh, lower middle class. Now I'm upper poor class. You know, I mean, I the, the middle class is gone. There's, oh yeah, the middle class has gone into poverty, and not everybody, but quite a few. Upper middle class has gone down to middle class. Middle class has gone down to poverty. And that's not okay. That is simply not okay for everybody and everyone and who's worked so hard over the years and has, has nothing left and nothing for their legacy of their children or their grandchildren. Absolutely inexcusable. And again, and I, said it, I, and said, I said it earlier. You know, they're, they're, they're shutting down all of our fossil fuel and they have nothing to replace it with. What are we supposed to do? I mean, Bright there dinosaurs, are people I guess. There, there are people in Europe that are going to freeze this winter because there's no fuel. I, I mean, know. I'm in the yeah. south, you know. I, I mean, it, 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 it'll get nippy, but I, you know, I won't freeze. But um, right. And and actually, my electricity comes from a um, nuclear power plant. So. Oh, does it? Well. While I may it may cost an arm and five legs, I'll probably have heat. But um, you know, people like you know when when I lived in Connecticut, I I had um, propane. You can't get, mm-hmm. propane is so expensive now; it's unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, no, it's outrageous. I, that's what I mean. I feel sorry for people, and we should be going back into the dark ages. This is my point. You know, like I said, I was I was teasing about Flintstones, but really, that's what we're heading. It's it's insane, you know. And there's no excuse. Remember back in the old days, well, we weren't there in the illusion of, but our ancestors were. But the idea behind all the toxicity associated with the coal anyways, I mean, you're looking at real dirty kind of energy in a sense. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like where they're heading. And in my opinion, it's not necessary. It's almost like they're trying to punish everybody and say, you know, keep your breakaway society with your big tech, big money, and your big um, types of technology to, to flip a switch and be able to have free energy and then let everybody else suffer and eventually expire under that duress. And that's what it looks like to me, a split collective. And that has to stop. That has to be stopped. So there's no, these guys aren't superior to anyone or anything on this world. Uh, Money doesn't prove that. So it's real interesting to watch this thing play out. Absolutely. I mean, I'm on what social security and pension. Um, Mm -hmm. You you know, it's, it's, I'm covered, but, but you know, there's, there's, you know, I'm not rich, but you know, so far I can pay my bills. But I, I'm all alone, and I have two cats, and I can't get out of the grocery store for less than two hundred dollars, and often mm-hmm. three hundred. Yeah, welcome to my world. I agree. And I actually just did that today, and I, it's like I don't, yeah, I don't have any real expenses with other people or anyone, and yeah, I can't believe how much it costs just to buy a few things. Yeah. So no it's kind of like, and, and and no good stuff, you know. <laughs> right. You know, most okay. of my stuff I buy is for my animals. <laughs> Dog food, yeah. cat food, their supplies. I get a minimal amount in mine. I get a little tiny bit for me, but everybody, you know, the animals get taken care of first. So. Uh huh. How that works. And and you know. But yeah, no, I, I just, agree with you, and it's going to get worse. I know, and and it's it's like, I you know I. I don't even, I don't even really buy meat. I, I buy frozen stuff, 
but I don't buy mm-hmm. meat, so I'm not I'm not looking at steaks and roasts and chops and all of that. Don't do that. Um, I'm mm-hmm. one person. You know, if every now and then I will I will put something in the slow cooker and then have, you know, eight or ten meals out of it that I can freeze because I got mm-hmm. my freezer. But um, aside from that, no. And and it's just mm-hmm. um, it's it's incredible. You know, you just you cannot believe that life has come to this. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you figure you get to a place where you're retiring. And you know, although I I don't think I've ever worked harder in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, but but still, in all, when it's just me and two cats. It shouldn't cost me that much money for food, and no. I have a hybrid. I have a hybrid card, so so I I I get gas once a month. So I'm oh, I'm not good. commuting to work or anything like that. But people who are who are having to pay the four and five dollars a gallon, my gosh! Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's nickel and diming basically every single thing. This is crazy. We didn't have to go this route once again. This started with a new administration, quite honestly. So uh, we weren't like this as much as people didn't like Trump, this, that, and the other, I must say. Uh, our economy was good, and the, the gas was really low. So, you know, I think that's something to, to show. So it's crazy. I mean, it's like, even, I guess even rich people don't care rate. because it's not going to affect them. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, it, it's it's amazing where everything's going. You just sit back and you keep saying, "I can't believe this," and and yeah. yet there it is. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. but but I think my big thing is if they cut the internet off, you know, then then I have no communication with the world, and that would be very sad. I mean, well, yeah, you reach a lot of people with one one virtual fingerprint, right? It's kind of funny. Yeah. You, know, you know, in the old days, we'd have to like send mail to each other again, like in you know, well, the old world days, <laughs> snail yes. mail, where you actually have to communicate through a letter. I, I would get down to that level, I guess. But yeah, I agree with you. Or even the telephone, right? The old-fashioned telephones. But yeah, I don't like it either. Uh, I think it's ridiculous and it's petty, and something needs to give with it. Going to be interesting. We're all that. working on this whole I, field, you know. There's a lot of people here interconnected, and it's not just about one person's will to change it and say we don't want you to have this anymore. That's not your call. I mean, I'm talking to whoever the the ones that think they're uh-huh. in charge are. Uh, you know, this is a huge amount of people here on this world, and and that's uh, that's not okay. So something has to change. Something has to change. And ultimately, it will. And and you know, I think what what most of us, you know, we we have. Uh, a very small perspective on our time frame but in reality i think that humanity as a whole over the last couple thousand hundred thousand years has gone through this kind of a um a phase a a cycle and mm-hmm. We end up with a very small population, and then it grows, and it gets technical, and we have golden age, and then we go downhill. I mean, look at the Minoans. I mean, mm-hmm. my goodness. Um, I mean, that, no. that was amazing. And, and I don't like the Peter like, Potter. I don't like that back and forth. Go ahead. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's up well, and down, I, up and down, up and down. It's like a bipolar world. Uh, uh, no, let's just break <laughs> orbit. Let's just get rid of this. It, it, <laughs> no recycling. No, no, it's a five thousand year cycle. So mm-hmm. you know you've got you've got you know maybe five or ten lifetimes in there. Um, so that so that it's amazing to you know you, you sometimes I look at a lot of the artifacts that they're showing and I and I think well I remember using that I know what that's for. Um, Look at the look at the the little plane that they found in King Tut's tomb and somebody else that they actually found w- was aerodynamically appropriate and could fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, that was what three thousand years ago or so. If they had something that actually could fly, I mean, what else were they capable of? Mm-hmm. Well, that's another thing too. You look at the whole Giza area. And the Giza Plateau, I mean, people just see it as some old structure, you know, an artifact of uh-huh. some kind. But I'm telling you, that thing is powerful. It was powerful. And and to look at it now, you'd never know. It's so obscured. Everything has been so cloaked. And, and then, of course, gutted to some degree because, you know, private investors have taken a lot of ancient artifacts, as far as I can tell. I've heard that through the grapevine. There's been the black market sales and, and anything that uh-huh. had any value, whether, you know, has been sent someplace else. And uh, unfortunate. Nobody will ever see that. No one will ever get to experience the energetic, you know, in association with what I call our cosmic ancestors. And that's a whole, uh, that to me is the biggest disservice when you have ancient artifacts of any kind, whether it's extraterrestrial or other, where nobody can actually physically connect with it except a group of people that are not really the ones that are supposed to be, you know, accessing it. So, yeah, it's a very interesting world, isn't it? It's, I wouldn't have created what it like th- this, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? large chamber that they have found um, above the grand um, the grand stairway there um, that, that is all sealed up that they, they haven't been able to just, they know it's they, they've done the, um, the radar and stuff so they know there's a huge chamber there um, but they don't know what's in it Is that in the Great Pyramid? Yep yeah, um, I have, haven't looked into that one a whole lot. I did hear something about that a while back. But when I look at it, I always see it as an energy. You know, there's an energetic signature associated with zero point and traversing uh-huh. the galactic neighborhood with an, what I call a gateway access point where you can literally access from point A to point B through a different uh, configuration, like what I talk about to some degree. It reminds me of the movie Stargate, too, on some level. I find that it's all about the frequencies. And whatever's there, um, in my opinion, it's not really about the empty space is the frequency and the alignment that is what we're looking at for for the power. I don't know if that really answers your question, but that's what I keep seeing I, when I look at that whole place. I think that it's a huge chamber. It's empty. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I think that they're going to put, um, you know, a, a, a small hole into it with a camera and um, to see what's in it. I you know it, it's I get a feeling it's kind of like that thing they found. Um, it was a gangster's safe that Geraldo Rivera did a whole thing on opening the safe and they opened it and it was empty. I get a feeling that that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. That this chamber is going to be empty. But um, you know they have all sorts of uh, 
of guesses as to what's in the chamber. It, I mean, it could be any number of things, but whatever well, is in there mm-hmm. had, had to mm-hmm. be put in there when the top was off because there's no mm-hmm. there's no there's no um hallway or, or or tunnel that reaches it. It's it's totally isolate but totally empty. So Well, if it's empty, why do they need to send a robot through there? If they know it's empty, well, they want to see what it looks like. Well, no, they, they've done they they've done the kind of radar that says you know here there's this chamber, um, but I don't think they can they can get you know what's in it. They, they're going to have to put a camera through there, um, mm-hmm. you know, like 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 right. the little ones. That, well, make sure, you know. Well, you've kind of heard that through the grapevine they've been doing a lot of excavation without people understanding or knowing what's going on. I've heard that that they're even with the Sphinx they've been kind of digging when they're pretending they're not. And saying they're doing renovations uh-huh. when, in fact, they're actually going in and, and actually investigating but not telling anybody. So, in my opinion, that could have already happened. Uh, and I don't trust them as far as I can throw them on any side, any country. I don't care for where it is. So, it would be interesting to see. I guess it's something I'll look into and even on a remote level. But when I look at that pyramid, I see it as something that is very significant when it comes to us traversing and getting out of here and moving into a different space-time. And I think that that particular um, frequency and how it anchors energy is uh, in correlation to to how we were supposed to be navigating out of here and leaving this world. We're not supposed to stay here. I don't, I thought I honestly believe that we were never supposed to be here as a civilization this long. Ever. I don't know if well, that, that even registers be. with people. But I don't I believe well, we were not supposed to be here this long. Well, I think we, we came in as as we are now. I don't think we came in you know, with our knuckles on the ground, and then we Correct. evolved up. I think I think we came in fully formed Homo sapiens sapiens, and um, I think that that um, I, I know with uh, Christian O'Brien and his wife, um, the Shining Ones. Um, I think that material figures in here that they mm-hmm. were, were here to help us. Um, Learn to cultivate and stuff, and then they did, they did uh, um, breed with the whoever were indigenous. But that that I think that there's a level of our consciousnesses that that goes way back. And and again, I I, I, I hit the same thing here that that you know before the last ice age, what was what was our culture like? And before that, you know, there have been five mass extinctions so far that scientists say happened, though I don't know how they figured that out. But even if that's the case, what happened before that? I mean, what was here? Mm-hmm. What, you know, who was here? What was here? Um, it just, to me, I don't think that that we have we have gone beyond the 12,000 years before the, you know, the driest, the, the whatever days. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it, it's kind of like we know so little about our our evolution and and the planets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's Yeah, kind that's of the like biggest disservice of it. But I agree with you. And the funny thing is I think it has a lot to do with what our capabilities are. That's why we're always ascending, the word ascending, getting out of that false matrix and into the truth, into uh-huh. um, beyond the spectrum of here. So we can access the true database and get the data, get the correct data. And they're never going to give it to you, but we have the ability to do that, and I hope people understand that, at least listening. And we do have the capabilities to access that, that cellular, molecular, atomic, and consciousness level. That's what's so unique about us as star people. So 
but yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I really enjoyed this talk tonight. I know we're getting at the uh, end of the wrap up here, but it's been an awesome show with you. Oh, always with you. I, you know, I think that that there will be not a mass extinction, but a mass um, evacuation. I agree. We need uh, plenty of lifeboats. Yep, real lifeboats, <laughs> like arcs, like spheres. Uh, oh. No, I I think that there will be stargates that open up. I really do, yep. and I that, agree. that certain people will just go. And yep. and it doesn't uh, mean we have to die. And, and 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 I think that you know there will be some that decide to stay, but at that point, I think that it will be an easier life. So that so that uh, mm-hmm. although if somebody opened up a Stargate, I think I'd be right right first. Well, I'd take the cats, but you know. Well, you know, I, I there's there's a lot of projects. I've been working on the Orion Gateway project. You know, it's in my book, but we will be uh-huh. leaving at some point in space time. I'm determined to, and uh, I don't, you know, it's kind of like Captain Kirk. You know, I don't play the game. I, I just change the game. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not doing this. And, and I'm not being arrogant. We all have this power and ability, and I think that if we move our focus to the true cosmic origin of what we are, we can we can do many many things that are beyond what what people can fathom. You know, so just oh, energy totally up. Agree. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the power. Yeah. We it, it's sort of like um, I, I draw the analogy all the time. You know, we're we're like we're like um, an expensive car, but we don't have the owner's manual to know all the buttons and whistles that we can push and use. And it's a matter mm-hmm. of working on ourselves so that we can we can sort of um, activate a lot of the potential we have within us. And I, I think most people are, are content to not know, and then there are people like you who are not content. And, you know, and, and me to a, a different degree, but certainly the same way. I want to I know how to do this. I know that we're not meant mm-hmm. to be in spaceships, but I do know we're not meant to be here. So we are the spaceship too. That's another part of it. We, you know, you are the spaceship. You are the Merkaba. You are the one that can teleport spaceships by locate. That that is a capability of our ancestors, if you ask me. So um, even if it sounds like science fiction, but it's our spirit that is, you know, is the traveler, not our avatar. But this avatar can calibrate to the spirit. That's my point. You can actually take this field. You can take your bio suit Uh and actually um, calibrate it. You really can. Um, in my uh-huh. opinion, we could actually do that. If they were taught to do this, I think we would have a whole different civilization, to be honest with you. I think we're going home. But, I really do believe that. Home isn't here. Well, I think me, not I think everyone that. wants to go home or is ready to go home. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so, I mean, frankly, I'd leave a lot of the politicians here. <laughs> Well, I think they're, they're going to, you know, they've created so much entanglement that they're probably going to have to stay. They're not going to be able to go anywhere because that's, yeah. their roots are here. Their, their entanglement and the karma and the dharma beyond the word is they've done a lot of damage. And that's, you know, it's one thing to screw your own life up, but when you take the helm and destroy everyone and everything around you, uh, there's a price to pay for that. It's not a free shot. Oh, so, yeah. No, I They I don't totally think about things agree. like that. No, they don't. Well... They will find out. I, so that's, oh, yeah. that's my consolation. I know that eventually there will be a balance. 
I know eventually mm-hmm. those that that have been have been um, have taken advantage of their power and have utilized it to to hurt other people. That eventually there will be a balance, and and that mm-hmm. that if you get out of the way and let the balance happen, it will be so much more rewarding to watch than if you tried to get the balance yourself. I I know that I understand mm-hmm. that. It doesn't yep. mean I I don't I don't want to get itchy and and kind of make things happen faster if I could. But um, you know, yeah, it, it's sort of like <laughs> I I I've hit that in many places in my life. It's kind of like an, an injustice was done me. Do I get even or do I let the universe do it? And for the most part, I let the universe do it, and it's always mm-hmm. so much. It's so it's so much more gratifying to see what the universe can do. I do so. too. I, I give it to the universe. Yeah, that's the best route. Madam Karma. Yeah, yeah. safe system. I, I've seen <laughs> it happen too often to know that, you know, if I just get out of the way, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And and yep, and you know when I when I start to get my hackles up. You know, I try to say to myself, just get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Don't don't push buttons. Don't try to get justice yourself. If you just get out of the way, it'll be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for the most part, but you know, I always want to see the results, and you don't always see the results. But yeah, I've seen enough to know that there really are results there. So mm-hmm. we are we are down to the last gasp here. Um, do you want to give out your shows and where they are so people can find you? Oh, sure. Well, thank you, Barbara. Once again, an awesome show with you tonight. And if anybody wants to tune in my other shows, I'm hyper, I have Hyperspace on KCR Digital Radio Network. It's Friday night at 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific. And then Raven Star Witching Hour on Saturday nights at um, freedomslips.com Studio A, 12 midnight Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Pacific. And this has been an awesome show. Really enjoy <laughs> communicating with you. We always have a great time. Absolutely, and we will. We are. We aim. <laughs> we do our best to do this the last Sunday of every month. Um, That's right. And and so you can look for us at the last Sunday of this month, and um, it'll be my turn to pick a topic. So I'll hope to yes. pick as juicy a one as you did. Um, well, we tried to stay on did... topic, but we kind of went into another orbit. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be our habit. <laughs> yes, it does. But we're thank talking you so about much. This, really. <laughs> yeah, we did start there for heaven's sakes. You That's know, right. That's right. Heaven forbid we get but a roadmap, Barbara. It's going to be something else. <laughs> well, well, I, I think it's easy. it's more it's it's much more fun of a trip if we don't know where we're going. But. That's right. um, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know where we're going, but when we get there, I'll let you know. Um, there you go. So <laughs> so thanks again. I, you, I so look forward to the time I can spend with you, and um, I will see you the last okay. Sunday of the month. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back. Look for us, please, because you never know where we're going to go, but it certainly will be a wonderful trip. Good night now.